0: Would you turn with me, please, And your copy of the Word of God, go with me to the book of John, John chapter number 11. One of these days I'm going to preach a series of sermons, and the title of my sermon is What's Heaven Like? I think about Revelation chapter number 21, where the Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor pain. All these things, the Bible says, has passed away. I love Revelation 21, 4, where the Bible says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. There's a place called heaven, and they're, they're, this, this place is perfect, it's sinless, it's spotless. And I, I one of these days, I, I've tried to preach on heaven before, when you open up the Word of God and you begin to preach on heaven, you'll discover that very quickly you're in over your head and you just can't do it. But, but I'm going to try it again. What's heaven like? Heaven's a wonderful place, but I'm not there. Heaven is in the sweet by and by. This morning I praise the Lord for all my loved ones and all my family that that have known Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. I believe right now they are in heaven. And I give you praise, for, give Him praise for that. But I'm not. I'm here in the real world. I love that old country music song by Alan Jackson. Here in the real world. And the only person that can sing that song better than Alan Jackson is me. But that is a wonderful, wonderful song. He, we, that's where we live, isn't it? We live here in the real world. Last night, I uh, my cell phone rang, and when my cell phone rang, it was um, bad news concerning our uh, family inside our church family. My good friend, Mister T- Tim Lamar, has been burned badly—third-degree burns on his stomach and on his back, and he's got some burns on his face. Life starting to to. Um, UT Hospital, and and from UT Hospital, they, he is now at Vanderbilt uh, getting ready to go into some surgery today. I just spoke with his wife. Yeah, you know, it's that family is in Nashville, Tennessee at Vanderbilt Hospital, and they're probably going to be there for 50 days. And I, I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, that's going to put some pressure on us, church family. We're going to have to reach out and help take care of these people. But you're, you're going down life's road and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, there's a storm. And you know that Jesus, He was he was in heaven and, and, and there's no pain, no sickness, no death there. And He became a man. And when you watch Jesus and you, and you study His ministry and you follow His life, you always catch Jesus in the walking in the world of hurting people. In John chapter number 11 as uh, as John 11 begins Jesus is standing in the shadow of the cross. I've been preaching on these I am statements for for the past several weeks and we began in John chapter number 6 where he said I am the bread of life. Well that was 6 months before the cross and now he is getting closer and closer and in John chapter number 11 he's almost at the cross his 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 time on earth is almost done he is uh, uh, at a place just one day journey uh, from from Bethany he is there teaching and he's he, he, he's with his disciples, and he, he's at this very critical time in his ministry. The cross is approaching. The, 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 the time is at end. He needs to be with his disciples, and he's, and he's preaching. that The earthly ministry of Jesus is late in the fourth quarter. And in the midst of this critical teaching, Lazarus, his friend, dies. John chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Martha and her sister, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with the hair of her with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold he whom you love is sick. Jesus is is teaching. He's with His disciples. And He's trying to spend every minute He can with these disciples because the cross is close. He's not up in Jerusalem. He's not down by the pool of Bethesda, doing healings or, or, or preaching, doing those things he loved to do. He has separated himself. He's found a safe place where he and the disciples can be along because he's getting, uh, he's teaching them. He's going to die on the cross. He's going to lay in the grave. He's going to raise again. And then he's going to ascend back to the Father. And these disciples that he's with, he, he's trying to, to, to pour in them as much as he can. Now that he's in this critical place, part of his ministry he gets word that Lazarus is sick Jesus and Lazarus are very close personal friends can you remember in Jesus's ministry as he would be teaching or he would be involved in something and he would look up and he would see the crowd coming toward him and the Bible says that he had compassion on the crowd Well, this is not the crowd. This is Lazarus. This is his friend. This is someone who who, who Jesus enjoyed being with, who he spent time with. This was a close, personal friend. And that's why Mary and Martha, they they sent this man to Jesus to tell him that that, that Lazarus was sick. He said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus was. Love their baby brother. The Lord sometimes teaches me in in, in in different ways. I think He takes earthly experiences. And he communicates to me heavenly or spiritual re- tr- truth every Friday. I, I go upstairs in my study and I get down and I hunker down in that study and I study and I read and I pray. And it's my desire this this Friday. I'm going to complete my sermon. I'm going to be, be done with it today. And last Friday as I was in my sermon, as I was hunkered down and I was studying about these two ladies and how they were getting ready to, to bury their baby brother. My cell phone rang. And I spoke to a lady who was within the next 24 hours going to be burying her baby brother? And she was hurt and she was distraught. And Mary and Martha, they loved their, their brother so much and they were going through this very difficult time. They knew that Jesus loved him and they knew they had watched Jesus do all kinds of great miracles. And all of a sudden, they sinned for Jesus because they know that Jesus is going to come. When Jesus heard about that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The death of Lazarus. When you when you study John chapter number 11, and we all know this passage very well, when you study this passage, and you think about Lazarus dying, and you think about Mary and Martha, and all the grief, you have to, you have to do this. You have to understand that Lazarus' death Lazarus' death was for the glory of God. What, what does that phrase mean? Do you ever think about the glory of God? We say it all the time, but do you know what it means? To bring glory to God, it means to bring honor. It means to bring worship. It means to bring praise. This death, uh, this this grieving time, all this happening in John chapter number 11, this is, this is something that it might bring, bring honor and glory to the Lord. They sent for Jesus. And Jesus in verse number 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now watch what happened. Jesus loved those people so much. What happened in verse number 6? So when He heard that He was sick, He stayed two more days in the same place where He was. He's teaching. His best friend is sick. This family that He loves is, is struggling. And rather than rush to the rescue. He could have been there within a day. But rather than rush to the rescue, what did he do? He waited two more days. Listen, Martha and Mary were in the midst of a storm. I know this about Main Street Church family. The Main Street Church family, almost every person in our family at some time in their life have been through a storm. This is one of the things that, that, that one of my favorite things I've heard Max Lucado write is he said this. he said, everybody is either going into a storm, coming out of a storm or in the midst of the storm. There's storms are everywhere. Sometimes it's a marriage. Sometimes it's a a financial situation. Sometimes it is a, 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 a job situation. But there's always a storm that you're in or one that you're coming to. And here's Mary and Martha, and they're in the midst of this storm. They call for Jesus this. Jesus didn't show up and listen to this. Jesus is never late to the storm. Jesus is always aware of the storm. He knows where you are. He loved you. He loved you so much that He went to the cross for you. He realizes that you're going through all this stuff. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. Yes, there is a storm. You are in the middle of it, but Jesus Christ is very very much aware of it. And I believe this. God is going to show up in your storm. And when He shows up in your storm and when He rescues you, you'll you'll know this, that Jesus never shows up late. The behavior of the believer is very important in the midst of the storm. How you behave. You're going to go through storms. It will happen. How you behave as a believer will expose your God. If you're here this morning and you're going through the storm, there's a... A behavior that you can take upon yourself that will cause God to receive honor and glory. Just as John chapter number 11 is about God receiving glory from this death of uh, of Lazarus. That storm that you're in, it can bring glory to God also. The behavior of the believer is important. And this is what I've, tra- I've trained myself to do. It's something that that, 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 that I have to work on. But when, when I walk into a situation and I walk up on someone that's in the midst of a storm, or if I'm in the storm of myself, I try my best to, first and foremost, I try to respond in faith and not fear. My cell phone rings. And I look at this the phone. Before I answer that phone, many times I will repair my heart. Okay, this might be bad. What I'm getting ready to hear is someone's getting ready to go into a storm. As a pastor, as a a leader, I don't need to respond to that in fear. I need to hold my water. I need to see what this... And and then I need to speak life. I need to speak blessings into this situation. So many times, trouble comes into the life of the believer and the, the believer panics. Just like non-believers. Believers Believers and non-believers ought to behave differently in the midst of a storm. So what we have here is we have two sisters who love their baby brother. They have now buried their baby brother and they are in the midst of the storm. Now I'm going to ask you a Bible question here. Bible trivia. Was Lazarus the only person whom Jesus raised from the dead? Yes or no? Y'all don't really know, do you? The answer is no. Who can tell me somebody? Now, don't if you're in the first service, don't don't cheat. i you second service people. Tell me somebody that Jesus raised from the dead before He raised Lazarus. Blah, 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 blah. I can't understand you. So what uh, you said this didn't you? You said uh, the boy at name. You remember Luke chapter number seven when Jesus walked into this city? And as he walked into the city, there was a funeral procession coming right at him. You need to pick this up and you need to read this in Luke chapter number 7. Jesus noticed the mama of this teenage boy. She was very distraught. She was burying her own son. And as this, this funeral procession came to him, Jesus, he walked up to this open casket. And the Bible says that he touched the casket. Let me tell you something. A Jewish man should never, ever touch anything that's dead. And he touched that casket. And when Jesus touched the casket, that boy did not raise from the dead. He was still dead. And then Jesus said, Arise. And after he touched it, do you remember how he reached out and touched the leper? When he touched the leper, the leper was not healed. He spoke and the leper was healed. He reached out and he touched the casket. The, the old dead boy was still dead and he said, Arise, and the Bible says this, He that was dead dead sat up and he began to talk. And there was there was this other guy named uh, Jairus. Had a 12-year-old daughter. And she was sick. And they came to him. Jesus was teaching. He was in the midst of a, of a teaching session. And they said, Jack Lazarus said, Would you come? Would you, would you come and heal my daughter? And I love reading about this in Mark chapter number 5 because Jesus starts toward the house of Jairus. And you remember what happened as he was on his way to heal this little girl? This other lady came up and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And no, there's a big crowd here. We don't know who touched you. And finally this lady who was trembling stepped forward. And she said, I touched you. And I love what, what Mark said. Mark said that she told her whole story. And we all know how long it takes for a lady to tell the whole story. Now I could tell you I touched the hem of his garment, and I was healed. I feel better, I'm down the road. But now my wife was to tell you about She She would go back for 12 years, and she would tell you every single detail that happened there. And, and can you imagine Jesus, this very, very important man, this teacher, on his way to heal a 12-year-old girl? And you know what he did? He stood there, and he heard the whole story. And as he listened to that woman's story, the word came to Jairus. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And while the words were still in his mouth, Jesus said this, Can you believe? And he went down to Jairus' house and there were all these mourners there. And Jesus said, It's okay. She's not dead. She's just asleep. And the Bible says they laughed him to scorn. And Jesus went into that room and he brought Jairus and his wife and three of his disciples. and, And the little girl was raised from the dead. Listen to this. When John talks about the Jews, he talks about the Jewish people. When he says the Jews, he's talking about the religious leaders. The Jews, the religious leaders, they were not with Jesus at name. That guy had only been dead for a little while. This little girl, that he they weren't with Jesus when he went to Jairus' house. She'd only been dead a few hours. She was still on her deathbed according to the Bible. They weren't with Jesus when he raised those people from the dead. But when you read in in, uh, John chapter number uh, 11, beginning in verse number 17, Jesus came there and he found out that that, 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 uh, Lazarus was dead. He'd been dead for four days. Verse number 18 says, now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles. So Jerusalem, Bethany, two miles away. All the the religious leaders are at Jerusalem at the temple. And many of the Jews, they made the two-mile journey down to Bethany and joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. They weren't there when he raised them from the dead at name and at Jairus, at Jairus' house. Lazarus' house was two miles from Jerusalem, and the religious leaders were present four days after his death. You know what happened in John chapter number 11? Jesus stacked the deck. He allowed all those people those religious leaders who weren't there when Lazarus was sick but they showed up at the at the funeral you know people like to go to the funeral home These people were there at the funeral and Jesus had them right where he wanted them The Bible says that that that, that they were there to comfort them during the passing of their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. And But Mary was sitting in the house. Now watch this. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Let me give you a fact. Here's a fact that relates to all believers In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm, it is not uncommon for the believer to doubt the love of God. In the midst of the storm, I have been in the presence of strong, faithful men and women who have received bad diagnoses from the doctor. And those great men and women of God after receiving that bad news, while they were in the midst of the storm, they began to doubt if God loved them. I know a a great man of God, a great preacher, as he was getting ready to bury one of his loved ones, he made this statement publicly. I wonder if all of this stuff I've been preaching about God and Jesus Christ, I wonder if it's been true. In the midst of the storm, it's very common for the believer to doubt God's love. That's what Martha did here. Martha was was doubting the the love of God. If you'd have been here, my brother would not have lived. Martha did. Mary did the same thing in verse number thirty two. She said this: "Lord, if you had have been here, my brother would not have died." Down in verse number thirty seven, there's a there's a bunch of mourners there, and they're looking. And some of them said, "Could this man? Could this Jesus, who opened the eyes of the blind?" Could he not also kept this man from dying? When you're in the midst of the storm, sometimes the believer will doubt the love of God. But but verse 22 says, But now I know, this is Martha talking, But now I know, whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection and in the last day. John chapter number 11, verse number 25 and 26. This is my whole sermon right here. It says this. Jesus said to her. Who said this? Jesus said it. The same one that said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Now Jesus is saying this. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever believes in me and shall, he shall and lives shall never die. Do you believe me? This, Lazarus is dead and Martha has come to him and said, Lord, do you love me? Or she, in her words, she said, had you been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, I am. I am the resurrection. At the end of verse number 25, I wrote the name Lazarus. At the end of verse number 26, I wrote the name Martha. Verse 25 says that, that he who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And then in the next verse, verse 26, he says this. Those who are, live, who are alive and believe in me, they'll never die. And somebody said, well, which is it? Well, here we are. Jesus has not yet gone to the cross. Jesus has not bore the sin of mankind. He has not died. Any person that died before the cross, any person that died before Jesus Christ made atonement for our sin, all those Old Testament people, they died. They died. And Jesus is saying this You might be dead, but if you believe in me, I can still raise you up. So, verse 25 is to Lazarus. Verse number 26 says this And whosoever, whoever believes, lives and believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? You know what? When I was nine years old, see, I died on this side of the cross. I died after Jesus had died on the cross. Uh, I was saved after Jesus died on the cross. I was saved after he had was born and raised again. And And when I was saved at that moment, I received eternal life. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, are you listening? Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I'm never going to die. I have eternal life in Jesus. If you get saved and then you die and they put you in a grave and they cover you up and then Jesus returns and raises you up and then you're alive again, that's not eternal life. This afternoon, I'm going to go down to Oak Ridge and I'm going to preach the funeral of a a lady who who was saved in this church and was baptized here. You know what I can tell you about Aunt Jean? To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And and, and to to, to know that, 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 that she has experienced eternal life. He said, I am the resurrection. Martha, you're questioning do I love you. Let me tell you something, Martha. There's coming a time the believer will be cared for in the hereafter. There's coming a time when when people's spirit will leave their body. We will take them and we will place them in a grave and we will cover them up. One of these days I'm going to return. And when I return with a great shout, I'm going to call out all those that are dead in Christ. And they will be raised. And when they are raised, they will be given a new life. They will be given a new body. They will have a resurrection. You The believer will be cared for in the resurrection. This is going to happen. Pastor. Do you really believe that they're going to take you and put you on the ground maybe for 60, 80, 100 years and you're going to lay there in that grave and then there's going to be a shout from heaven. You're going to be raised up and you're going to get a new body. Do you believe that? I believe with all my heart. I believe in the resurrection of the believer. And, and he said, Martha, let me tell you, it's okay that your, your brother will rise again. There is a resurrection and there is a hereafter. And then here comes Mary. Mary, Martha kind of slipped back to the house and secretly told Mary, her sister, that the master was calling for her. And when she heard this, she came quickly to him. Now, Jesus had not come into the town, but was in the place where he met Martha. Then the Jews, the Jews were with her in the house and comforting her. And when they saw Mary, they rose up, rose up quickly and went and followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then... Mary came where Jesus was and said to him, as she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, do you love me? Do you ever wonder that? When you get in the midst of the storm, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm not talking about... The sweet by and by. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about in the midst of your storm. Do you question the love of God? I can remember when I first became the pastor of Main Street Church. Michael and Nikki Swisher had had gotten a little baby girl. Her name was Anna Claire. And they brought her home and they were so excited. I was at Lakes Elementary School having wife, a lunch with my wife and my cell phone rang. And Michael said, I need you to come to her house because they want the baby back. And I said, they do what? The mom has called and they want the baby back. So I left and went to the Swisher house, and I got in their vehicle. Michael and I sat in the front seat, Miss Ann Swisher, Nikki Swisher in the back, and a Claire in the car seat, and we drove down 75. And we drove back this little baby. four days old. And we drove her back to the lady who had given birth to her. And I never will forget this. I walked into that house, and Nikki was carrying the baby girl. And this little teenage girl was sitting on the couch talking on the cell phone. And when her baby, who who she hadn't seen in four days, when her baby came into the room, she never lifted a finger. She never hung up. She never got excited. She just finished her conversation. Me and the Swisher family, we left that home and we left that little baby girl in that house. That day, Nikki Swisher died. She was crushed. But last Monday night, as she stood before the microphone and she prayed God's blessings upon our women's conference see Jesus Christ got in the midst of her storm and he said Nikki come forth he wasn't late he was not unaware he was very concerned and there come a time when he spoke to her and she raised up i can remember my friend Mitch Darty Mitch told me one time that the, 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 the Mitch, Mitch has been addicted to everything in the world. Mitch told me that, that, that he had spent so much money on addictive stuff. He was dead. And then there was a voice from heaven that said, Mitch, come forth. And God raised him up. And there's not a more powerful man of God in Main Street Church right now than Mitch darling So Listen. Yes, you're in the midst of the storm, but listen at this. Jesus was Jesus is willing to come into our broken world. Just think, he was on he was on the other side of the Jordan River. He was teaching, he was preaching, he was happy, he was ministering, he was doing what God called him to do. He was safe, and now here comes the word that the one that you love is sick. They said you can't go back to Bethany. You can't go. Last time you were there, Lord, they tried to kill you. I love what what Thomas said. The great encourager Thomas said, let's go. Let's go with him. You die, we'll die with you. He was expecting to go back. Thomas was expecting to go back into that place and die. Jesus risked everything to come into your broken world. Jesus doesn't want you to trust in a day. He doesn't want you to trust in a moment of time. Jesus wants you to trust in him. Yes, there is coming a time when the graves will open. We will be raised. There is going to be a great reunion in heaven. Don't trust that. The, the resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And as Mary met with Him, and then Martha met with Him, the, the Bible says in, in, in John chapter number 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus broke down. He cried. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. They're assuming that Jesus has approached the tomb. They've now discovered that Lazarus is dead. And that Jesus is all busted up because of the death of Lazarus. He's, he's weeping bitterly. He's crying. And then the Bible says in verse 37, And some of them said, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind, say they knew who he was, They watched him open the eyes of the blind. They also so who opened the eyes of the blind also. Could he not have kept this man from dying? Look at verse number 38. Then. That word then in verse number 38, that connects you back to the first 37 verses. After After he left his teaching, after he came and he saw the Jews there, after he saw Martha, after he saw Mary, after he heard the mourners, then Jesus again groaning in himself. Have you ever got mad and not told anybody? Just got mad in your heart? See? See? This has been preached wrong for years. Why do you say it's been preached wrong? Because people have not studied the word. The word groaning means angry, upset in the spirit. Jesus wasn't upset that Lazarus had died. Jesus was groaning in the spirit because when he walked up to this tomb, and this man is dead, and Mary and Martha and all these mourners are crying and they're weeping. He's upset, because, not because Lazarus is dead, but because they don't recognize who he is. He's turned water to wine. He, is, he is, gives sight to the blind. He's called crippled people to walk. He's been to name. He's been to Jerusalem. They know all about these things. And now that he's walked up on this situation, they, they look at him and they have no idea who he is. Jesus wept because the mourners, because the people didn't know who he was. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that one day with Jesus is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. How many days had Lazarus been dead? I'll ask you that again. You say four. How many days had Lazarus been dead? See, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Those mourners, those people that had been around that tomb, they had been dead for 4,000 years. I've been the one you've been looking for. I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. I am the one. And you don't have any idea who I am. And, and they walked around. Listen to this. Remember, remember all of John chapter number 11. It's for the glory of God. Why did all this happen? Why did he die? Why did Mary and Martha? Why did they grieve? Why did Jesus break down in his spirit? Why did all this happen? It all happened for the glory of God. So that God might be exalted. So that he might be honored, glorified, and lifted up. You go to John chapter number 17. Which is really the Lord's prayer. He's in the garden praying. And Jesus said this. Father, glorify your Son that your Son might glorify you. And this is eternal life. Do you know what eternal life is? Well, John chapter 17, verse number 3 will tell you. This is eternal life. That they may know you and your Son whom you have sent. See, eternal life's not about living forever. That's a part of it. Eternal life is is about knowing Jesus Christ personally. That word know there is a very interesting word. Everybody in the room probably knows me. And if you see me walking down the street, you'll probably say, Hello, there's Wayne. But Joan really knows me. Joan knows what it's like when I'm sick and vomiting. She knows. I've never seen my wife laugh so hard at the moments when I'm vomiting. For something about that, Joan just gets tickled when I'm throwing up. Joan knows me. So Joan does not prepare hominy. Joan knows what it's like to be in the car with me when I'm sitting at a red light. I'm sitting at a red light and nothing's coming. And I'm just, she knows what that's like. Joan knows, you know me. But she knows me. She understands me. She can speak about me. See, that's what Jesus wants. In the midst of your storm, God wants. In the midst of your storm, He wants to get glory. He wants, In the midst of the storm, He wants people to come to know Him through your storm. See, if I'm going through a storm and people look at me, that's not worth a dime. But when I go through the storm and I'm strong and I'm courageous and I'm leaning on God and I'm trusting in the Lord and people see in Jesus Christ, I mean, what's happening is God is getting the glory. People are being drawn to Him. That's the purpose of the storm. Your storm has a purpose. Are you in the midst of the storm? Well, praise the Lord for it, because in this moment, you can bring honor and glory to the Lord. And He has not left you nor forsake you. He's got this. Storms happen to everybody. And most of the time, the storm is bigger than us. But your storm is not bigger than your God. Just bow your head buddy, please. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, and as my mind is running wild with my church family, and I know what you're going through, I know what you're struggling with, I know how you're hurting. I'm responding to your storm. I'm responding to my storm with faith. Because I believe God's got this. I believe He can do it. And I'm praying that in this physical struggle, in this financial struggle, in this relationship struggle, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you'll hold on. Because the goodness of God is approaching. You're okay. You're okay. This morning as I preach to you believers, I'm asking you to be able to take your storm and just give it to the Lord. Lean on Him. Trust in Him during this moment. If you're here this morning and you need to to, to be saved, this would be a great moment for you to cast all your cares upon Jesus. To ask Him to save you. During this time of invitation, if you want to come and pray, if you want to join our church, during these next 60 seconds, it's all about you responding to what the Lord has said to you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.